Did you know that your child can experience multiple emotions every single day? I'm sure that's not a surprise for any mom. Your children may not always be able to communicate their feelings, so how can you help them better process their emotions now so they can handle them later in adulthood? Stay tuned to find out. Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. Wherever you find yourself today, multitasking or just trying to catch a quiet moment alone. I'm so glad you're here as we learn together how to live out our faith and point our kids to Jesus. I'm your host, Mallory Allen. Today, my friend Lindley Mandrell is here to talk about helping our children process their emotions. Welcome, Lindley. Thanks, Mallory. Thanks for having me. Lindley is married to Ben Mandrell, the president and CEO of Lifeway Christian Resources, before coming to Lifeway, Ben and Lindley have been church planners and serving in full-time ministry, which is actually where we mm-hmm. met. Yeah. A little history. Uh, ben actually gave my husband his first ministry job, and he married us. Yep. So we watched them have their four kids. Yes. And now they're all teenagers. They are. That seems hard to believe. That doesn't seem real. And Lindley is also um, a podcaster now. She is co-hosting a podcast with Ben called The Glass House, which shines a light on the challenges of leading in the local church. I'm so glad that you're here today. And before we get started, something that I kind of like to ask moms when they come in for an interview in all phases of life is about their quiet time, because I've found that everyone always has a different way of doing it in whatever role that they're in in life. So, Lindley, how do you have your quiet time? Yeah, that the phases of life is the biggest part. And so now my children are now 13, 14, 16, and 17. And so it's a very different phase. They can do stuff on their own. And so now mine are very what you hear, you know, kids go to school and I do my quiet time. Um, but they were not like that beforehand. And so I do think you have to be really fluid. But also for me, I my quiet times are strictly the Bible. I can get so sidetracked doing Bible studies. And so I do the Bible recap and just go book by book, I mean, verse by verse through the Bible. And that's been about the most helpful for me. And when me and Lindley were talking recently, Lindley, you shared with me that you and Ben have been going through a year-long counseling journey, processing life and ministry, marriage, family stuff. So how would you say that that has affected your kids and the way that you parent? Yeah, so Ben and I, when we made the transition from church planner to where he is now, we did not realize how unhealthy we were. And so we've gone through this year-long journey of counseling, which is actually now probably about 18 months. And um, the thing that has been so interesting for us is the way our kids have responded to it. And so we told them about it. Um, They like to really participate in it now. You know, what'd you learn? But what we have just talked about so much is that the reason that we shared this with our kids is that we're kind of preparing them for the collision of marriage because every couple is going to come to a point of like, this is hard. And so we want our kids to know as they get older, like at some point in their marriage, they're going to have a hard time. And so at some point in their marriage, it's going to be almost, uh, I love you, but I don't like you. (laughs) And um, how do we work through this? And so really, that was the point of us telling this is we're trying to create a space for them because they are old enough now to see um, what's, you know, what's what's hard. And so now they know if they get into marriage and there's a hard time, don't quit. You know, go get go get some help. I love that. I totally agree. I know this subject today, I I told you before we started, is really challenging to me personally with my kids. And 
it probably is for you listening as well. Um, but I think it's so important so that we can be better moms so that we're prepared for that. So, Lindley, let's talk about this handout that you shared with me. It's about the eight core emotions. Yeah. And you and Ben have been using this through your counseling journey, and I'm guessing shared it with your kids. So yep. can you explain to a mom that's listening right now what those eight emotions are and how they could be like healthy or unhealthy? Yeah. So these are not um, anything that is our specifically. This is what our counselor has gone through. And um, the eight core emotions are anger, fear, hurt, loneliness, sadness, shame, guilt, and gladness. Um, and what's interesting is that when we began, uh, Ben, he looked at these and he said, you know, why are seven of these bad, bad <laughs> emotions? And the counselor was like, these are all really healthy emotions if you're healthy. And that's what it just talks about the healthy side of them and the impaired side of them. And so what had happened to us is that we were living in the impaired side for so long of all of them. And I'll give some examples of that along the way that we've had to learn how to get to the healthy parts of it. And so um, I think that's kind of what we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah, that's great. And I'm going to plan to include a link to that handout in the show notes so that you can get a copy of that and print that out or even have it while you're listening along with us. Um, I think that'd be so helpful on faithful31moms.com. So, Lindley, could you give us a few example stories, maybe like two or three of situations with your own kids where they're needing to deal with one of these eight emotions that you're talking about? Yep. And they may be handling it well or not well, but how you walk through that with them and how you handled it and how they handled it. Yeah. So the first story where we where Ben and I realized that we were unhealthily handling, I don't know if unhealthily is a word, handling our kids' emotions is that our youngest son, Jack, has celiac disease. And so we were actually leaving counseling, and there's a Krispy Kreme beside it. And so we, I think maybe Ben said, you know, let's get some Krispy Kreme. And I said, no, we can't do that because um, then Jack has to watch his siblings eat donuts, and he can't have donuts. And so then Ben went into this, well, maybe we should go get him ice cream and them donuts. And I'm like, it's, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning. We, he can't have ice cream, as if that's any worse than a donut. But um, <laughs> so we began to realize that we were the unhealthy side of sadness is renegotiating. And so we were renegotiating for Jack, like, how can we not make him feel sad because he can't have a donut by giving him ice cream instead of just – saying, Jack, this is sad. Like, it's hard. It's part of your life. And so at that moment, we decided, okay, we're going to get the other kids donuts because that's, it's not their story. That's not their heart. That's not their hardship. And so, of course, we come in and his shoulders droop immediately and he kind of tears up and says, you know, I, but I can't have those. And we said, Jack, we know we are so sorry. And the healthy part of sadness is honoring loss. And so we just said, Jack, this is just what you've been given to deal to deal with. And we didn't go into there's much worse things in life, Jack, you know, because that's not helpful for anybody. No. And so we just said, you know, do you want to talk about it? And he said he started crying and said, yeah, I just miss good pizza and I miss donuts and I miss all these things. And he, we cried it out and he and I cried because I'm the mother, you know, and you yeah. just carry a mother's guilt of I gave him this disease or whatever, <laughs> you know, like you just even if that's not even logical. But he felt so much better afterwards, and we were able to say, Jack, you know, you're going to have to understand that we can't tiptoe around this. Like, you're going to have college roommates who are going to stuff their face with donuts and laugh at you, like, sorry, you can't have it. And so, you know, you just need to prepare for it. So that was actually a really healthy conversation that we were avoiding 
yeah having with him because it made us feel better yeah that makes perfect sense yeah so that was one um, another story that we talked that I had kind of thought about when preparing was just when we moved to Denver so that's where we were church planners before being in Nashville yeah um, our house overlooked the elementary school playground so which we thought was really great but the first week of school when we moved there Ava was in fifth grade and we would stand out on our deck and kind of spy on them and see you know what was happening (laughs) well we noticed the very first week the entire week she was kind of swinging by herself and nobody was swinging with her and so of course we feel just so sad for them because you want your kids to connect immediately and have this great group of friends and so she'd come home and again, here we were, like, renegotiating for, like, Ava, these, you know, you're going to make friends, and they're going to love you, and all those things, instead of letting her just feel lonely. Like, there are seasons of life where we feel lonely. And so, like, even now, I mean, that was fifth grade, but it's crazy. We're preparing her for college now. I mean, she's going to college. She has, she moved again, another big city in 10th grade, had to go through that loneliness again, and then is going off to college. And so it's just so unhelpful when we don't just say, are you lonely? Yeah. And, you know, I'm sorry. What do you feel right now? Instead of being like, oh, no, 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 you're okay. You're going to you're gonna make friends real fast. You I can't know, that believe kind of thing. she's going to college. But at the same Crazy. time, you know, now she's prepared for yeah. making new friends again. Yeah. She's, you know, but yeah, that's that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Those are just a couple of examples. Yeah. Those are great examples. And they bring up so many moments and conversations kind of flashing through my mind where I know that, you know, I need to do a better job Mm -hmm. uh, helping my kids process things that they're feeling. And maybe you're listening right now and you're doing the same thing. Well, have you heard that um, Chuck Swindoll quote that life is 10 percent of what happens to you and 90 percent of how you react to it? Have you heard that before? I don't think I have. Well, it's I think that's so interesting because even with parenting, I mean, our real, our primary job is to teach our kids how to respond to things, and so one—I of I should say one of them, not our primary, but <laughs> one of them—is to teach them how to respond. And so that's just kind of what all of this is. Like all of life is responding to different emotions. So when you were referring to Jack's story just a second ago about the donuts and all that—that that, that was trying to fix a problem for him. That you and Ben were trying to do that, and it really wasn't helping him understand his emotions like in that case was it sadness Sadness, yeah and you didn't want to mask the emotion so he didn't have to feel it I find that so interesting because I think we're all guilty of doing that just like we've Mm -hmm. been talking about we try to intervene so our kids don't have to feel sadness or they don't get mad or Mm -hmm. they don't do all these things so how did this ultimately help Jack yeah I mean I just think if if our job as parents is to equip children to enter into a broken world, then you're not helping them from shielding them from hard emotions. And so if what we're trying to do is raise children to leave the nest at 18, which, I mean, as I'm now like four months from that, it's really, really hard. But there's also like there's these things along the way that you have to do to prepare for that. And so, I mean, I just think the ultimate thing is to start to identify when your kids begin to express an emotion and try to help them work through like why do you feel this way or what are you feeling you know those tantrums they have you know instead of shaming them for for that which I am like tantrums are so hard but to say get down with them and just figure out are you sad are you lonely are you hurt what are you feeling and of course I mean there's a point where they can't do that because they're too little but you know 
once they're old enough to identify some things, I just think helping them understand that is the best thing you can do. And you told me when we first started talking about doing this podcast together that parents are so guilty so many times in an effort to protect their children from feeling all these emotions um, that we unknowingly prevent them from learning how to process um, emotions that really God gave to us to feel like Mm -hmm. God's not scared of our emotions. And that's a profound thought because when you told me that I started thinking about that, even just in the ways in the past couple of weeks that I've been like parenting with my kids and processing that. So could you share with us why it's so important as moms to help our kids understand and work through the emotions, like even at a young age where they may not understand those eight core emotions at the age of three, but they're definitely dealing with some emotions. And so how could you encourage or share with a mom to start early? Mm -hmm. I think there's different ages that you can start in, but we actually, I think I sent you another one, this feelings will and so our boys, our kids, we have three boys and a girl, and three teenage boys are really fun in some ways and then also very nonverbal in some ways. <laughs> and so to teach them early to be verbal has been really helpful. And that's really essentially what we're doing is trying to prevent them from getting to the situation that Ben and I got into where Ben feels scared to share emotions. And so because his family system grew up to where you just shoved it all under the rug. And you don't talk about emotions. And so we actually have another thing. that The one I was talking about earlier with the eight is what Ben and I go through. But this feelings wheel that we have has like 50 different things on it. And so at the end of the day, most days we have our family closer. And that's just what we call it. We'll text the group chat and say, you know, come down at 930. We're having our closer. And um, we everyone has a wheel and they know it and they have to pick a, a thing and a pick a word. And it's just so good. I'll give you an example. Even last night, our daughter found out that she did not get into a college that she was hoping to get into just yesterday. And so she chose a word, and it was really hard, but she said, I feel insignificant. And she said, because 50,000 people applied to the school, and 48,200 did not get in. And she said, I'm one of those 48,000 who is insignificant and didn't get in. Well, she's processing disappointment. And like you and I, there have been times where we felt insignificant. But I would have never been able to identify that as a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. And so, I mean, just what we're just trying to do again and again, and I feel repetitive saying this, is just helping them identify it. So even if your kids are younger but can read and maybe begin to understand some of these words, just start explaining what does that mean? I mean, just think of every adjective you can think about and really helping them understand, like, what do you think that means? What do you think that means? When When is the time where you would feel that way? And then, you know, starting to do that. But it's a dangerous topic because, like, in Christianity, we say, don't think with your heart, think with your head. Well, except for that the world is really grumpy because they're all, like, <laughs> I think, thinking with their head and not using any emotions. And, I mean— even the Christian world is fighting all over social media, and it's like maybe if they would get in touch with why they're hurt, why they're angry, this would be a little bit healthier. And as we're trying to implement this into our parenting, and you gave us some great ways to do that, I'll need to share the feelings well as well on the show notes. I think it's important you know, that we understand what the Bible says about emotions and that 
it says in James, we're going to have trials in this yeah. life. We're going to face things. And so we're going to have emotions about them. Mm-hmm. So could you share maybe a few key scriptures that you have come to that you and Ben have used as you're processing this and going through all this? Yeah. I mean, they're not even necessarily around emotions, the scriptures that we like. And of course, you know, we could turn to the Jesus was angry and overturned the tables. And honestly, I kind of like that because the healthy side of anger is passion. Like that is what the healthy side is. And it's a gift. Um, And so what he was really showing there in the temple was passion. Um, but I mean, for our kids, the thing that we have kind of held on to, and a guest told us about this on our podcast was Colossians 1 17, which just says he is before all things and by him, all things hold together. And so Ben and I have been so guilty of believing that we are, care- we are holding our kids together and we're not holding our kids together. I mean, the Lord is holding them together. And honestly, we're not even owners of our children. Like we're the stewards they've been giving, t- given to us. And so I think what we've had to stop doing is trying to fix our kids and helping them understand, you know, hey, we, we're going to carry the weight of your behavior, but your spiritual condition, the Lord is carrying, and we're just trying to guide you through it. Um, and he's holding it together. And it may be, I mean, even that, you know, like our kids are so much closer to an age of making their own decisions than, than yours, you know, and yeah. so it's kind of like we're in a whole new phase of, Okay, we're really seeing that we're not holding it together because now, I mean, I have friends whose kids are in college and they're making either good or bad decisions coming from the same family. You know, like it, it really doesn't depend on us. It depends on their own free will. But we just have to get them to that point to where hopefully they can make the right decisions. Yeah, I feel like I can just take a deep breath yes. because— Or I'm like it, all wound up because I'm like, oh, gosh, well, my kids are so close. Well, it's just like it's not— it's our job to be, like you said, good stewards, but we don't own mm-hmm. them and we don't hold them together. And I think in a way that is very freeing. Oh, yeah. But it's also challenging in that we are trying to steward them the right way. But, I mean, I feel like that's just – those are great. that's a great word. Well, that was the thing that Ben and I learned about in our counseling is that our church storyline, we had come to believe that we were the owners of storyline instead of the stewards of it. And so when we left – we really feel like God had to take it away from us because we were so in control of it and not being reliant on God. And so he kind of had to take it away and say, you know, let me remind you that you're the steward and not the owner. And I'm going to give it to someone else to steward. And so, you know, that's been a huge battle for Ben and I just in general of like taking ownership of what the Lord has given us. And for one final question, Lindley, um, if there's a mom that's listening right now that knows she needs to do a better job with all the things that we've been talking about today, mostly helping her kids connect with their emotions and realizing she is not the one holding them together. Um, she's trying to feel like shield them from feeling sadness or hurt or whatever the emotion may be. What advice would you give to her? Maybe just a practical way that she can get started from this point on to try to be more healthy about that? Yeah, I mean, at the risk of sounding really forward, she may want to see a counselor or therapist herself because it could be that if you have a hard time with your kids sharing emotion that, or expressing their emotions, the adult may be emotionally impaired as well. And, you know, sometimes we don't see it, but maybe if she could get a little bit of therapy for herself and not be ashamed of it. I think that's the thing for me is that there has been such a stigma about it in the past. I know it's becoming less and less, um, but they're trained for it. You know what I mean? Like, 
we I think this is even funny. You understand, like, the amount of people that come to you and Josh, I'm sure, to ask your advice. Well, you didn't go to school for that. <laughs> You're not a therapist. No. And so I'm like, I wouldn't have my dentist put braces on my teeth. I'd go to an orthodontist. And so, like, why do we go to our pastors only instead of therapists? And so I would just say, you know, just maybe pray through that. Like, do I need help myself? Because am I coming from a broken family system to where we weren't allowed to share feelings and I'm passing that on to my kids or maybe not and if not I think it just depends on the age and the context of the situation I think that a three-year-old temper tantrum is very different than a teenage temper tantrum yeah and you know the way you you handle things at that age is very very different sure I totally agree my brother-in-law was laughing when I told him we were talking about this topic because he is a Christian therapist and he was like I think this is a great topic because if they don't process it, they don't learn how, they can come see me in 20 years. Right, yeah. So. You're just setting them up for business later on down the road. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But. Well, I tell your brother-in-law, like, this is all aspirational. Ben and I have this thing. We're like, we are aspirational and not actual. Like, we have not cracked the code and figured this out, but we're we're, we're learning just like everybody else. Yeah, you're working through it. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. So as we close today, I thought that this Adrian Rogers quote would be appropriate. It's God gave us emotion for a reason. It's what we do with the emotion that can either lead to a closer relationship with Christ or continued brokenness in our lives. Remember that only Jesus mastered his emotions perfectly, and this isn't something that we can do. But because of Jesus, when we sin, we can repent and ask God to forgive us. He is faithful to forgive us every time, and he has given us the Holy Spirit to help us in each moment. So I thought that was a great quote. It's from um, our Love Worth Findings has a new Bible study out called Mastering Your Emotions. It's a great tool that you can pick up and actually have a coupon code in the show notes for you today that you can use and grab a copy of that Bible study. And I already told you this, but I am going to include the um, eight core emotions and the feelings wheel. Feelings wheel. Okay. (laughs) As well on the show notes so that you can find that too. So Lindley, for anybody that's listening today, can you share the name of your podcast again and just a way that they can follow you on social media? Yeah. So the podcast is through Lifeway and it's called The Glass House. And so basically it's just exposing things happening in the glass house, which is the pastor's home. And then on Instagram, it's just Lindley Mandrell 80. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Lindley. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed this episode, there are two ways that you can help more moms find this ministry. Number one, leave a quick podcast review for me. And then number two, just share this episode with your mom friends on social media and you can tag me. That will help so much. And to catch all the latest, you can follow me at Faithful31Moms on Instagram. Thanks again and have a blessed day.